0: Official podcast of the Nationals Review.com. My name is Colm and I'm not here alone. I'm here with the heart and soul of the Nationals Review.com, Mr. Charlie Flegel.
1: Colm, just, just sitting here at Panic Station <laughs> for uh, the train to come.
0: I know. I saw you were like uh, putting out YouTube videos from what was that Muse song?
1: Oh, uh, that's just, you know, I picked the intro for the night uh, a little early. You did? <laughs> yesterday. I'm, I'm not really panicking yet. Right. Colm.
0: Um we're on a four game slid, is that what's the panic is?
1: Yeah. Look the way I see it, I actually put out a tweet today and I said Mm -hmm. I think people are feeling more panicky and panicky may be a strong word. Not about the place we're in, because everybody's going there's a lot of positives this morning going like, look, it's August and there's only they're only a game out of first. Right. Not where you want to be, but it's better than a lot of other players. It's not like two years ago when they were, like, five or six games. Out. Right. And I heard something on the radio today. They were
0: like, if the season ended today, we would not be in the playoffs, and we would yeah, be three games out of the wild card. And I was like, oh, really?
1: It's August friggin' yeah, 4th. we have a third of the season left. The reason that there's, I think, a little feeling of panic is, like, everybody came back, that's what we were waiting for, and then they sucked. Right. Now, I think it'll change, but – you, yeah, I mean, how could you expect Zimmerman and
0: Wirth and Rendon, guys who have been sitting on the bench or watching the game, to be able to just come in and immediately be three for three, two right. for two? Like, it doesn't no, make sense to me.
1: So my feeling was the panic was about not the place we were in, but the performance mm-hmm. over the last – I mean, really since the, the All-Star break. True. But um, that can change quickly, and they're in a position where if it changes quickly and they play like they should – They should be okay. Right. But we'll see. But anyway. We'll we'll get into that. Yeah. Let's Let's uh, get into that. Let's get into uh, what you have in your glass.
0: Well, it could come to no surprise to regular listeners of the show. I am drinking my good old favorite, even though it would have been perfect earlier when it was hot, but now we got a little rainstorm through, and uh, the Mike's Hard Lemonade is not as quenching because like i just got home and it wasn't very it was actually pleasant outside
1: yeah yeah, yeah. not so hot today so no your malt liquor limeade is not <laughs> yeah
0: but i see that you've been experimenting with with
1: uh with some oh, yeah, shandy well, all right so before oh, that was so before a great little that i am drinking one of the uh one of my favorites i picked up a four pack not a six pack uh, she had 90 ale. minute. 90 minute. But
0: when you say four pack, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. That's so funny.
1: Last weekend or two weekends ago, I also got a four pack of, I think it was Omagong. Um, Ooh, I've had that. I've, I, it's the blonde it, ale. Yeah, the blonde one. Cooperstown Ale. So in honor yeah. of, of the Hall of Fame, I got that. Nice. But yes, what you're referring to, some experimentation was, I went out to my in-laws house in delaware on the delaware shore last weekend and we show up at like 10 o'clock at night and it's mm-hmm. the weekend and i want a beer and their beer is their fridge is filled with summer shandies of course not, not my favorite so i drank a little bit of it and i was like i just am not enjoying this and then i decided to pour some titos in the bottle right and it was delicious
0: i'm sure that really did uh kick it up a notch it was delicious um yeah, that's funny. I had this, the Summer Shandy from the Red Porch uh, last time I was at a game where they got rained out.
1: I don't hate Summer Shandy. I'm not I'm not uh, knocking anybody that does, but it's not my favorite. Um, I'll drink it, but at that time I was just like, I just want one beer, and I want a beer to taste good. And when I realized I couldn't get it the way I wanted, I was like, I'm just making a mixed drink out of this. <laughs> right.
0: It makes sense to me. I mean I – mean,
1: <laughs> Lemon and vodka go together, right? Right.
0: Yeah. It's just a little... I think they've made that before. But uh, we're back here. It is, like you said, we're in, we're approaching the final third of the season, which is, I think, my favorite time of the season, because you're really seeing everyone has settled in. You're not only that, but you're going to get um, September call up soon. Trey I'm...
1: Turner coming up soon? You think? Maybe. I don't I
0: know. don't think so. Don't you really think so? I think maybe we could get a spot start from uh, Giolito, though. It's
1: possible, you know, it just depends on what track this team goes on. Right. Right. Um, We were talking about the fact that that, you know, three of their best hitters have been sitting on the bench for the last last really like three months, two months, at least. So, you know, we could talk about if they need to make any changes that we could start with those guys. Zimmerman. Hitting like in the two thirties since Ugh. he came back in a few games. in the four hole too. Right, Let's... but but two bombs already and OPS True. well over eight hundred in those ten games for whatever that's worth. So he doesn't look lost.
0: Right? No, doesn't look. So lost. No, I
1: think we're okay with him, right?
0: I'm. Okay. I mean, I'm okay with him. I just I really prefer Bryce in that four hole.
1: See, I like him two or three because you get you do. him
0: okay. more every times
1: first inning. Right, it's not even more times. It's you get to see him in the first inning. Gotcha i normally putting the kids to bed in the first inning, so maybe I'd prefer to see him in the second. But right. you know what I'm saying. The gotcha. Pitcher has to see him in the first inning.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and you know what? I don't know if there's anything psychological about a pitcher who may be a little intimidated by the best hitter in baseball this season, or at least in the NL, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Who's going? If I get through the first three guys, I don't have to face until the second. True. So maybe there's some. Could be something said. there. Yeah. Um. Rendon, his numbers look, uh, you know, he's been out so long, Yeah, too. and he
0: came back and then got hurt again. And
1: right, but his numbers look fine. I don't know his specific numbers for, I didn't look at for since he's been back, but overall his numbers have been fine even when he was out and came back. And, um, you know, he hasn't shown any power yet, but he's getting on base, so it's like not worried about him. Even though they haven't put together. Oh, yeah,
0: I, I mean, I'm gonna basically say the same thing. I'm really not worried about anyone because the sample sizes are so tiny, and right. being a major league hitter is no joke. Like you cannot no. just come right in.
1: What about Worth? <sighs> now Worth has terrible numbers.
0: Terrible numbers, yes. Batting fifth tonight too. I think he's moved. Isn't he been fifth? third second and
1: they moved him around all over right. nice to get him comfortable. now we can probably talk a little bit about him later we got a guest coming up so right um we might talk about him with the guest too but i'm of the mindset that this is a guy who's had uh pretty much a top 10 on base percentage in major league baseball or at least in the nl for the last three seasons wow 391 over the last three seasons this is not a guy that's going to fall off a cliff right so his power may be a little down because of the wrist injury.
0: Which is um, normal, yeah.
1: But, by the way, this is not an old man injury. This is not a, mm-hmm. well, yeah, he's going to come back, but this is what you get for signing a guy this long. This isn't an old man injury. He got hit oh. in the wrist. Right. Um, it's, not, it's not even that. So I'm not too mad at the situation with him. I mean, it sucked. But I get the feeling that he's going to be back before the season is over. To pretty much his old self with maybe a little bit less power. I and agree. Quite frankly, when you're a guy that can have a 391 on-base percentage, your old self, come. you don't have to be your old self. 391 on-base, that's better than most in the in the league. So if, if he can have a 375 on-base or whatever, that'd be a dramatic drop-off for him. Mm-hmm. And he's still going to be valuable. So I'm not even worried about him that much, although I'd like to see some proof that he can – get it back i think he will
0: right and i think this is the perfect time to to work him in just i mean yes people freaking out because we're not in first place and blah 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 but it's better to have him work it in now so we're ready come into september october
1: now the one guy I will ask you about that we may may feel differently about is ian desmond i mean he continues to he has sputtered I guess he's been terrible. I mean, he's he had a week that looked good and and he's been bad and um, he's going to end up. Look, there's a possibility that the Nats have the guy with the highest war in baseball Mm -hmm. and the lowest. (laughs) Is that crazy? Has that ever been done in baseball? No, I mean, it's a counting stat. So the more you play, the lower your number goes. Right. It's really remarkable if you can have a really low number in a short period of time. The
0: thing that doesn't make sense to me with Desmond is that if you look at this guy's career numbers, he is so far off of his career numbers, it's crazy. Like, they say he is not – something is going on.
1: Well, the one thing I will say is Desmond was one of those guys that we always knew and we've talked about on the podcast. The drop-off would be quick and it would be big because he was a free swinger who didn't walk a lot that developed some power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we could see the day that would come where instead of batting 275, he was going to bat 225, and his on-base would be 250, but we figured he'd still hit 20 home runs.
0: 20 home runs, yeah, right. And have some RBIs.
1: And you know what, this year, he's on pace to hit 16 or 17 home runs. It's Mm -hmm. not like his power completely dropped off. Now, what I'm surprised is how bad it's dropped off. Like, the 217 batting average is kind of surprising. And how quickly. He's only 29. This is something that I thought, you don't sign him to a long-term deal because when he's 31 or 32, it's all going to go away fast. Mm -hmm. But at 29 it makes me think there's maybe is something amiss other than, I don't think this is just aging. No. So, yeah, who knows?
0: It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you just look at his numbers and it's like, and it's like not even the strikeouts are are pretty much on pace for his usual strikeout time. So that's not even the issue either. It's like, I don't know.
1: He's striking out a lot.
0: Yeah. He's striking out. So, I mean, but – yet we did not make a move yeah, to I mean, do anything about it so
1: so if by move you mean
0: fill in uh, with someone
1: uh trade i don't know that there's a need for that cuz they have so many players right. do you think they should have done something like i mean i've been advocating since about oh i don't know may that um that they should be playing Espinoza at short.
0: I would be behind that decision. And 100%. before the trade
1: deadline, I said if if there was somebody that would take Desmond off your hands, that would be a good idea. Now, when when Rendon got hurt again, and then Escobar got his hand hurt, then you went, well, maybe you shouldn't trade Desmond because you're running out of bodies. Right. But.
0: But now, like tonight, we have Escobar and Rendon in, and now Espinoza sits on the bench while right, and Ian Espinosa Desmond
1: is... sits on the bench, and he's one of the better hitters against lefties. Too. Exactly. Um, exactly so i i wonder how long they're going to stick with desmond if they truly would sit through this for the entire season and just count on his um ability to you know have get, a week the back of the baseball <laughs> card <laughs> right. which by the way if he does that you know like he's always been streaky if he ever gets hot he's going to be amazing a hot desmond is one of the best players in oh, the
0: game. so great yeah
1: But if it's going to last a week at a time, I'm I'm at the point where I think they they'd be better off sitting him. I mean, it's been it's different to sit somebody than to trade him. If you trade him, you go, look, we think he's valuable, but we think he could bring more value to us via a trade. And we know he's gone after this year. So it's something we just had to suck up. And that sort of saves his face a little bit. But if you bench him. You worry about how that gets felt throughout the dugout, how other players looking at it see it. But at the same time, he's doing so poorly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not really sure what else you can do. So, yeah, I mean, Desmond, I don't know. They're not going to bench him, I guess, but uh, maybe they would. Yeah. Um, but he's not. he's not playing particularly well, that's mm-hmm. for sure. He's essentially the worst guy on the team. Uh, Ramos's numbers are are actually equally awful, but there's yeah. no no real answers there. Although uh, maybe you start seeing Lobatone a little bit more. I mean, Lobatone's a worse hitter, but Lobatone, right. I think the pitchers love throwing to him. So
0: mm-hmm. wait, who's it is Ramos tonight? I want to see because I, I for some reason I thought that Lobatone seemed to be in there every time Scherzer was in there, but that's not the case.
1: Yeah, and I think Lobatone's been catching for Gio.
0: Yeah, because he and was in just, last night, right? Or no, it was Sunday night he was in.
1: Yeah, they just don't have much of an answer at catcher right now, at least offensively. But um, I don't know. I'm not too well versed on it, but there's been a lot of research by these guys at BP and stuff that says handling a pitching staff and location and framing is so important that that's way more important than hitting for a catcher. That being said, that's not like the pitching staff has been spectacular. So maybe uh, maybe they're not getting enough a catcher. I don't know. Um, so with all those negative sides, we'll, we'll keep the negativity going and ask, um, do you think they missed out on something at the trade deadline? I mean, they got a closer. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with that. Right. What do you think of the Papelbon pick?
0: You know, at first I was a little um, suspect because I was like, you know what? This guy, he's already been there. He's done that. But then after looking at it and talking with you and then seeing him make his debut, I was like, wow, maybe this does. And, and the, I think the majority of it, I was more worried about um because he came out. And I don't know if, how much this was actually the Internet or something, but it came out that he was, like, upset.
1: Yeah, he was pissed. And look – I. I get why he's pissed, right? This is affecting his – forget about, like, the um, pride or whatever of closing. Mm -hmm. It affects his salary at some level. Well, the guy has, like, 25 saves this year. So when he wants to present himself as a free agent, he's already got proof that he can close. Um, And they got one of the easily four or five best closers in the league. As his replacement, so it's not like he was replaced by some chump because he wasn't performing. He was essentially replaced as closer because the bottom of the bullpen wasn't performing, and he just they slotted in somebody above him. Um, yeah, I was kind of like you at first. At first glance, I was like, eh, Papelbon, I'd rather have this yeah. or this. But first of all, the the the, the thought of getting like Kimbrel or Aroldos
0: was right, great, but right. they were
1: asking for...
0: Way too much.
1: Well, they were asking for one of their four or five top prospects. Right. And why would you give up Giolito or Trey Turner for Aroldis, who's great, when you can get bond for very little? And Papalbon's great, too. I mean, he's right. not Aroldis, but he's now, great.
0: Now, they did train, uh, uh, trade, uh, I believe, Giolito's, like, buddy.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they got rid of a guy who is a, uh, an actual prospect, um, yeah. somewhere between top... 15 and top 10 guy, but they traded from a position of strength. He was
0: right. Exactly. Fight. Right. Um, you know. And to look at the stats, it looks like this is, was the first year he sort of, um, I don't know if he's been with the franchise before, but it looks like he was starting to put things together now. Yeah. And he was still like three to four years away. In my opinion, I'm, he wasn't I'm, at the Giolito range.
1: Anytime prospects are involved. I totally, totally trust. Rizzo.
0: Right. Exactly. They're not going to give away a Giolito or a Trey Turner like that. They even, I believe, he even came out and said they were not ever on a list. Yeah, to he said those,
1: those two in particular were right. essentially untradeable. So. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean.
0: But do you feel like it was a trade for this year and not the future? And does that worry you or?
1: Well, look, I, I I don't know. For all I know, they're they're going to trade Storin in the offseason. Right
0: now, it looks like it.
1: Well, except that would be repeating what they did with Clipper last year, and it backfired on them. Right, right. And so maybe they won't. And the fact is, if you get Poppelbon for two postseasons.
0: True. What
1: they're hoping to get. True. And if you can get Storn and Poppelbon for two postseasons, that's good. And now, if you look at their their bullpen, it's strong. Oh, they so have five good it just guys. needs to be plus,
0: managed like we talked.
1: Plus David Carpenter. Um if he comes back and he's anything like he was when he was on the Nats, and quite frankly the Yankees and the Braves last year,
0: what's his status? Do you know currently? Like
1: he's back on a throwing program. He had sh- okay. shoulder problems, right?
0: Um, but no surgery, right? There's no. No, and surgery he was shut down okay. for a
1: little bit, but then the most recent thing says he's basically throwing again. So you know, right, look, well, he's got he two a, months. <laughs> he was a guy that I wrote about him when they first got him, his numbers with the Yankees, uh, his ERA was close to five, mm-hmm. but that was all in the backs of like two or three games. And he played like 22 games with them. So right. other than that, he was good. And he still strikes out a ton of guys. Right, And he did that with a few innings with the Nats. And if he's their sixth best or seventh best oh bullpen my God. guy, yeah. the bullpen's good. It's just like you said, how Williams can manage it.
0: I just want to see either Jansen or Rivera in the seventh, then Storn in the 8th and Powerball in the ninth, and or, I'm happy. Or Thornton. Or Thornton, yeah. I'll throw him in the 7th. Yeah,
1: um, Yeah, and I'm okay with sort of using Rivero, at least at this point in his career, mostly as the lefty specialist.
0: Right, which I don't understand that game. It made me so angry.
1: Yeah, uh, especially at his age and his experience.
0: Right? Was... Why three innings? I just didn't understand. I was like, okay, you just rolled the dice on a second inning. I was already worried about that. You're going to roll the dice on a third? It was just asking for them to win the yeah. game. I don't...
1: Yeah. Well, so they got the closer. Is yes. there anything else they should have gotten at the trade deadline?
0: I mean, I'm going to say no because we have so much, and we, just, and we did great with what we had at the time with so many people injured, and I think we, yeah. that made our reserves so much stronger because of yeah. the time they got.
1: You know now that you, now that you think of essentially, um, both Danny Espinoza and um, uh, Clint Robinson as being bench players, the bench looks much stronger than it much did.
0: stronger. Like you'd be fine anytime you see like uh, Clint Robinson have to make a spot start or a Tyler Moore, really.
1: Well, Moore's not been good this year. No, but, but he's filled in.
0: Clint Robinson, good lord.
1: Yeah. And- <laughs> I mean, they could have used, like, a left-handed bench bat, I guess, but that's now you're sort of...
0: And Dendecker's looked okay when he put a spot he's start had, in that.
1: He's had decent numbers. He he still can't hit no. lefties, but that's fine. Yeah. He's had decent numbers against righties, although um, I think that sort of disappeared towards the end of the time where he was pressed into more everyday service. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, initially, you know, he's got an OPS of, Something over seven hundred against against righties. So I think he's an underrated bench bat uh, against righties.
0: Well, here's my question: Would you want of them to go after Troy Tulowitzki and him replace? See, I no. wouldn't because they. Yeah,
1: I mean Tulowitzki, First of all, I think they have enough middle infield over the next few years. Yeah. Then to go and get a guy that they're going to owe money to who's been so much injured every year, every year, no matter how good he is. That's kind of like a, you love it and you hate it at the same time. Like if they got to how excited would you be?
0: Oh, so excited, but I would just be, I don't know. So scared.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, the only thing I would have loved to, to do, and I don't know how possible it is like there, like we were talking about there, they have real issues at catcher. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know who's out there. Right, I mean, Exactly.
0: There's not like Salvador like, Perez is everywhere. And...
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at a guy like Luke Roy who could hit.
2: Yeah. And,
1: and the Brewers were, were willing to trade people. And he's he's probably only got – I think he's a free agent at the end of next year. Right. But this year he hasn't been hitting. So you go, yeah. all right, I'm going to get an offensive-minded catcher, and he hasn't hit this year. Is that just because the Brewers have been bad, or is there something wrong with him? Right. Um. That's so, such a
0: hard position to get the right piece right there. Yeah. And so. Ramos, I mean, at the begin, right the, the month right before that All-Star uh game, he looked like unbelievable and it's just like, I don't know, ever since the All-Star game I just haven't seen it at all with him. Yeah. Yeah, what is he tonight? He's 0 for 0. Okay, so he's walking.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look, I think I think we can agree that this is a team that has the talent to still finish a few games up in the division. They mm. have a more talented roster. Certainly. Uh, certainly the bad, the, the lineup at least than the Mets and, and yeah, the Mets top three is probably better than the Nats top three, but if Fister plays like he can and store comes right. back healthy, they have a deeper rotation. They're not throwing out Cologne and Nice right. in the four and five spots. Right. Um, and so you would think they're better, but it's August and they haven't been. And so Zimmerman's got to start hitting, which which it looks like he is. It will,
0: yeah.
1: Rendon's Worth. hitting; he's got to stay in. Worth has got to start hitting, which he right. hasn't, but we both think he will. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, like, you're basically going to run out with depending on when Span comes back. Right, we need that center
0: fielder. Eight.
1: Right, either and and look, Taylor's done a good job, but he's he's a guy that has a real propensity to swing and miss, Yeah, and for somebody that does that, he's a, he's young.
0: Very young. He's not ready for the role he needs to be right now, I think. And
1: look, this may be good practice for next year, or it may convince the Nats that he's not ready for next year. I don't know. Right. But he'll be a year older with a lot more experience next year. And he hasn't been bad this year. He just hasn't been as good as, as
0: they Spam. And he hasn't been good as, I mean Span has been awesome when he's played.
1: Yeah, and Taylor's a defensive wizard. So true, it's nice true. to see him out there defensively. But true. um you're talking about basically so you, you, if span comes back, then you're talking about six guys that can hit, right?
0: Yes. And then right. you're
1: left with Ramos and Desmond.
0: Yeah. Talk and I'm Desmond. I'm okay with that then.
1: And that's a that's a pretty good lineup. Um and if the guys hit like they can, it's a great lineup. Yeah. Jeez, they haven't done it yet, except for Harper. So, yeah. it's a bunch of sixes and sevens in the OPS column. It's, it, the, you you got to see, you got to see Span come back. You got to see Zimmerman move up, and um, and Rendon playing well. So, yeah. I think they they have they're back to where they kind of were in April and just like you're right
0: april, totally right just like in
1: april you don't know what they're going to be like until a couple months we don't Man. know what's going to happen we, we just it's hard to. it's it's like an early season team right now right with the lineup at least so you just got to kind of cross your fingers and hope they can, can
0: but you're right this is a huge week because we're playing teams like arizona is terrible in my opinion I'm, yes paul goldschmidt is amazing i think he's awesome but come on we should be destroying that team we should sweep that team well they're
1: going to san francisco and to la next week right and then they finish That's up they man. finish up at colorado
0: good i'll take so,
1: them yeah i mean that'll be nice to finish up in a, in a hitters park um at least for the hitters right. but they have to in this week pretty much probably win and they're playing after they play four against the diamondbacks they're playing three against the rockies right so you they got to win four of those games. You yeah. hope they can win five of those games.
2: Right.
0: Because
1: if they end up tanking this week, and then they go away to the West Coast, Ugh. if that West Coast trip doesn't become some sort of crazy, weird bonding experience where they all get in a room together, have a players' meeting,
0: right? Which really they've great. gone out to the West Coast and performed. Remember before, yeah, I mean, the West so West
1: Coast isn't necessarily a ticket to losses. Right, but you're right. Playing at two of the best, you're playing. At the Dodgers and the Giants, those are two of the best teams in the NL. Right. You can't realistically expect to take more than three of those games without a whole lot of luck. Now that happens, they could go and sweep them and get lucky, and they could just get on a roll and Harper hits two home runs every at-bat, and Zimmerman's back and everything's clicking. That could happen too. But the other way around is they could come back in two weeks and basically be out of the chase. So these next two weeks are going to be huge. Right. Or they're not, or they're going to go 500, and so are the Mets, and we're going to be in the same situation in the next two weeks. So I guess they're not necessarily huge, but they they feel like they are
0: right. to me. So. All right, so we have an exciting guest today, don't we?
1: We do. We have a real live baseball writer. Yes. Um, that's coming on the show. So we got Chris Swick from Yahoo Sports Baseball Blog. Um, Big League Stew. Big League Stew. So without further ado... All right. And with us, we have Chris Swick, um, our guest today from Big League Stew, the uh, baseball blog from a website you may have heard of called Yahoo. Chris, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Chris, you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and and what you do? Sure. So uh, this is my first
3: season with the stew. I started, man, I think uh, in March or April. Can't can't remember for sure. Uh, But prior to that, I wrote for CBS Sports. I did a little bit of fan graphs. So I'm well-versed in uh, the advanced stats. I'm well-versed in the traditional stats. Um, And before I was a writer, I actually worked for the Nationals Media Department. Uh, I was in their scoreboard uh, doing graphics and all that stuff. Not many people know that. I haven't talked about it much, but um, I do have some history with this team. Um, and that's kind of where my, my rooting interest comes from. They're, they're probably my second favorite team. So I don't want to get too, too biased here. (laughs) I I do have some connection with this team.
2: Excellent.
1: You can save the bias for us. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So you, uh, you actually lived in DC for a while then, huh? I did. Yeah. Until, uh, until last year, my wife and I
3: moved out to Seattle last July. So I think we were in DC for about three years and I think, when I we moved out there because I started the job with the Nationals and it was I want to say the end of 2011. It was like right as the team started to turn around. So this found, is like
0: the Adam Dunn years. Is that when you were there?
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, well, see, I don't remember now. How much? I, uh, how much Nick I, Johnson did you get to see? I, did, I, I saw no <laughs> Nick Johnson. Oh, that's terrible.
3: I, I started in August with them. So they played out the rest of that season, and I honestly, like, I don't remember any of that, because <laughs> I was just trying to Do survive. Do a good job. Right. Keep yeah, above right. water. And then uh, I think that was the off season. they
1: signed Jason Worth, So then it was like, okay.
3: oh, what is happening here? Right. Yeah.
1: And then well, obviously things went well the next year.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, 2012 was still, I guess, the high water mark um, in terms of wins. But that could be changed this year, despite the record. True. Um the record, not not great. The place, not great, second, but um, they're only a game out, so uh, what do you, you know, what's going on with them? What do you see from, from your 3,000 mile distance? <laughs> well, thankfully,
3: with MLB TV, I, I watch a lot of the Nats, so uh, I, this is a team I've, I've watched quite a bit. I think we all kind of know that injuries have been a big deal early on, and they've been able to hang in there, but I also feel like the team is a lot more flawed than anyone kind of expected in March or April. The positive in my mind is that every National League team is is pretty flawed. Uh, I kind of thought coming into the year, the Dodgers and Nats would kind of run over everybody. And that really hasn't been the case. So I feel like despite some of the issues, they're still kind of in good shape right now. But but, but I don't feel confident saying that, clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. What um,
1: what do you see as their big flaws?
3: Well, uh, I mean,
1: other, other I, than I, Ian Desmond,
3: right? Well, I hate. I mean, I hate to pick on Matt Williams because that's something that's been happening a lot lately. But it feels like he got a little bit exposed during this Mets series, as far as his uh, you know relief pitcher changes. I know that's been a that's problem. Interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah, I have a question for you then. So when you were watching that the game when he kept in Rivero for way too long. I think everyone watching was like, he's going out again? Isn't that one everyone was just like, What?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: A and specialty the other- pitcher. Like I didn't understand it.
1: And then the other move that everybody questioned was I guess leaving Joe Ross out to Right. A lefty who had already hit a home run off of him that, that day. And was and was hot all week too.
3: Well I, I feel a- like, you know, the this issue really came up last year during the playoffs too mm-hmm. and that was you know after Not that manager of the year means much, but after winning that, it seemed like the sense I got from a lot of people watching this team daily last season was, you know, Williams is improving in the second half. He's made better decisions. And then the playoff thing happened, and suddenly he was under the spotlight again. So it just feels like we're rehashing the same thing. You know, we're months out from that, and he hasn't kind of learned from from those mistakes.
1: Yeah, and I think, to be honest, the playoff stuff was a little more defensible. I mean— The whole Zimmerman for Storn kind of thing, that was -hmm. was something I think a lot of managers would have done. Um, That's one of those, you know, grady little Pedro things. It's like looking back, it was the the wrong decision, but it doesn't mean it was an incorrect move necessarily. Um, And then this weekend was, it was hard to defense what he did. It really seemed like he was kind of, not making any of the right moves and <laughs> right. they were very predictable that they would be the wrong moves.
3: Well, I think it's I mean, obviously it's frustrating when two of your two best relievers don't get into a pretty major series. And I know I guess it's you know it's hard because I feel like most managers what what was the the Wilmer Flores game win to extras, right? Where he hit the yes. walk off. that's right yeah after he was crying in that game right (laughs) yeah so you know it's it's hard to criticize Williams for maybe not using Papelbon in that situation just because every other manager wouldn't do it right right but but that's still like come on use your best guy well your best guy might your best guy might be storing but he wasn't used either
1: right Mm -hmm. and I think you know Colm's point Felipe Rivero is great he's been great all year but that was his third inning I don't assume he hasn't right
0: and he's a specialty guy, in my opinion. <laughs> like he's the perfect guy to bring in to face lefties, and then you're putting him out there for three innings. Yeah,
1: like, yeah. And uh, and not using Thornton, who's been great, and not really using Jansen, who's been great. You know, they they actually
0: have Jansen a exactly.
1: Bullpen. They have a deeper bullpen than people realize. There's there's five pitchers in their bullpen that have been good, if you count Papelbon now with Storin and Rivero and, and Jansen and Thornton, and. He stuck to two guys in like six innings. So I guess that brings me to a question, which is if this, this week could go well for them, they're at home, they're playing some bottom of the the league teams, or it could go really poorly before they leave for LA and San Francisco. Right. And if it goes poorly enough, you could see them. You could easily see them four or five games out by the end of next week. At some point, do you see Matt Williams job being in danger? He's got, I think they extended him till 2016. Do you think this organization would ever think about getting rid of him mid season?
3: I hesitate with that. I feel like, you know, if they're eight or nine out and it's September, maybe I could see that change being made, but I would say, you know, I'm 85% confident that he's going to manage throughout the whole year at this point. Right. Uh, Because, you know, it's, it's almost kind of too late to make that move. I mean, you're you're still gonna be in contention down the stretch here and teams just don't they don't make managerial changes this late. I mean the last one I can remember I think was Ned Yost getting fired and replaced with Dale Swain and that was in like <laughs> two thousand nine or ten. And I think the Brewers were in the hunt actually at that point. So it's yeah, not, they were. It's not yeah. unprecedented, but it just doesn't happen. I, I don't I just don't know who would be out there that they would get. I mean, you can't really like bring in a Bud Black in in mid-August and suddenly expect him to take over. You, I would think, you know, someone like Randy Nor would probably be the logical candidate if they were going to make that move.
1: Well, uh, that was my year. that was my sort of conjecture, and then somebody pointed out to me that if you remember back in April, Randy w- Nor was the one whose wife passed away this year, so they might not want to force that on him this season. Um depending on how he's dealing with everything. So that may take him out of any running. And you would think that, that he would be the next in line if they wanted to promote from within. So that may be sort of tying their hands up a little bit too. Yeah, that's
3: definitely a concern. I I get the sense that he's pretty well respected within the organization. So I think, you know, if that's a change they're willing to make and, and they want to go with a guy who's already there, I feel like Nor would definitely have the, the inside track.
1: Yeah. And they can't go out and get a guy that's on another team right now. So it's kind of like, what can they do? So I guess, you know, I think you're kind of in agreement with us that it'd be hard for them to make a change. You know, obviously if they really tank and they're really out of it, they might do it, uh, just to quiet things down. But, uh, at this point it might be too hard to make any sort of managerial change and hopefully they won't need it. They are on the game out at this point.
3: Yeah. I think for better or for worse, uh, everyone who roots for the nationals is stuck with Matt Williams through the rest of this year.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's sort of the binary. Either they make the playoffs and you're happy and you're stuck with Matt Williams. If you don't like him or if you do like him and, they, <laughs> and you, you, know, you root for them to make the playoffs and you don't like him, you're going to get your reward of getting him again next year. So um, how about, how about the Mets? I mean, a- as good as they played against the Nats, it was a pretty close series, <laughs> Most of the games were, I think two of the games were one-run games. Um, and they're really only on pace to be about an 86-win team right now. Um, that's, of course, most of the season was played without, um, you know, Suspetis And with uh, their other big acquisitions that they pick up, they pick up Tyler like, Clippard. Uh, uh Clippard and Uribe and, and Kelly Johnson. Do you, think they're, do you think they're better than an 86-win team right now?
3: I don't really see it. I mean, I guess when I look at that team, I still really worry about that offense. Um, the the one thing that really concerns me, if I'm a fan of the Nats or another team in the NL East, is that Noah Syndergaard is just pitching lights out right now. It seems like yeah, yeah. He, he's picked up the Dan Worth and slider. And uh, he's, he's excellent when you pair him with Harvey and DeGrom. Suddenly, that's probably one of the scariest rotations in baseball
2: mm-hmm.
3: and you know there's a lot of uncertainty about Strasburg at this point so you know it's tough it's it's tough to say the Nationals have the better rotation right now just, yeah, just based on yeah. how well those three have pitched uh, but yeah I mean I I have concerns offensively you know Cespedes has been good he I, I feel like people like him I'm I'm lower on Cespedes than most people Probably because he doesn't walk, but I, I admit that's a tremendous acquisition for them. I mean, that's the type of guy they needed. Uh, I, well, I he, still still worry.
1: He's fun to watch, but he's not a top top tier player, right? I mean, he's a he's a power guy that when he can, you know, hits just below three hundred, but his on base is is close to that number, right? Essentially.
3: Yeah. Well, I th- I think you know he's hit. For a better average than I've expected this year, but you know he'll, he'll give you a fair amount of strikeouts, and you know I, I just think a, a lot of the sentiment I was seeing last week was uh, Mets fans would rather have him over Carlos Gomez, which I don't really understand because I feel like they're kind of equals offensively, and Gomez is regarded as an elite center fielder, whereas Cespedes really hasn't played there much, so
2: right.
3: that that never really made sense to me, and and I can say that and still admit that. Sessmitt is was a really great acquisition for the Mets.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, it's kind of you know it's good for the Mets that they got Johnson and Uribe because it improves their offense. But and Uribe I think is underrated for like a 36 year old corner yes. corner infielder. He's had a pretty good career, and he can still hit some. But if those are your you know essentially like third and fourth or fourth and fifth best hitters, that's a pretty pretty indicting statement on your your offense is it not
3: right and and I think also you know they're expecting to get David Wright back well at least they're saying that but I don't think anyone really knows what's going on with his situation uh he's been out for a couple months with a back injury even if he comes back I don't think really anyone knows what to expect I mean if they're gonna get the old David Wright obviously that's a huge boom for them but there's so much uncertainty with him. So you kind of get why they picked up Uribe and Johnson, because if he doesn't come back or if he comes back at a fraction of his value, you at least have something there. Even if it's not the ideal, uh, you know, number three, number four hitter, you have someone who can kind of soak up those at bats and who won't be terrible.
1: Right. Cause I guess besides them, they basically have Duda and, and Granderson and there's really nobody else that can hit, um, you know, not including uh, Suspetus. So hopefully that will be their weakness and they'll end up giving up more than a run or two a game once in a while. Yeah, when, when John Neese starts, that's what you have to hope for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeing Bartolo uh, shut down whoever they played yesterday was kind of disappointing. But what about, um, so DeGrom and Harvey are, they're kind of, they both started every game. Their innings are getting up there. Is there any talk of them? sort of putting the brakes on their innings or, you know, thinking back to to Strasburg and the Strasburg shutdown, as everybody likes to talk about, are they just letting them roll all the way into October if they have to?
3: You know, I think the last thing I saw on that was if the innings were going to be limited, they were going to do it during the regular season and keep these guys fresh for the playoffs. You know, there's a concern with that either way. Um, and the strasburg thing i mean that still confuses the heck out of me i don't really know whether it was the best decision or not and i don't think i don't know i don't know if you guys have strong opinions on it but i just think it's tough to to look back on that and really know for sure because you know well the injuries only... are just so different it's so di- the the path yeah. that these guys take and the growth
1: i think there's uh, defensible positions on both sides personally i agreed at the time and part of the reason i agreed mm-hmm. at the time was he was starting to struggle. His last three or four starts didn't look good. And there are always bumps in the road, but he just didn't look the same. He looked gassed by the fourth inning for like three or four starts in a row. And I just had a feeling that they were kind of like, okay, he's done. We'll shut him down. We're happy. And then they were taken by surprise that everybody was going, what are you doing? <laughs> um, right.
3: And, and I feel like it, you know, it would have gone over better if they had rested him for the regular season and then brought him back for the playoffs. Like, the Mets have said they're going to do. Um, well,
1: I was wondering yeah. why why there was never a mystery like, oh, he rolled his ankle and he's out for five weeks, kind of <laughs> yes. right in the in phantom June. DL. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When they when they realized they were good, they might have thought that would be the the solution. But who knows? I'm I'm betting that uh, if the, the Nats are winning now and if they can go on a roll, today's the first day he's back in the clubhouse, right. Since he's been on the DL, and I'm hoping to to write my uh, veteran presence co- column for uh, <laughs> Steven Strasburg, the guy who's considered like the ultimate fragile-like baby, if they start going on a roll now that he's back in the clubhouse. Talk I'm about sure. how he's, he's the influence. I'm sure you'll get a lot of great comments on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, before we let you go, we're going to take advantage of the fact that you are a more national-focused writer. Let's do it. Yeah. Let talk a little bit about the trade deadline. If there were any moves that really surprised you, um, you know, everybody kind of had an idea that guys like price were going to get moved, but maybe where they went and did anyone kind of come out of the blue and you go, you know, I didn't really think of them as a legitimate contender until they made these couple of moves.
3: Well, I would say the biggest story was the blue Jays. Yeah. Um, and again, I think, I'm a little biased just when any team goes all in. So I'm kind of supportive of all their moves, kind of the same with uh, the Royals. Um, but the Blue Jays were kind of the bigger store to me. So Tulewisky, Price, you know those are those might be the two biggest names to have been traded. and you just kind of look at their position. They have a lot of work to do in the East to get back into that race. I know they're, I think they're in the second wildcard spot now, but yeah, they're,
1: if they're mm. not in it, they're like a game or a half a game out. They're right there. Right. And so I think
3: making those moves, you're really hoping to nobody, not have to play in that wild card game.
1: Yeah. But they can't expect to stop the A-Rod train, right? I mean, they're, they're no. not going to catch up with the Yankees and, and the great A-Rod.
3: I, you know, I don't know how the Yankees are doing it quite honestly. <laughs> I, I haven't bought into that rotation all season. I still don't know how they're 59 and 45. Uh, Michael Pineda just got hurt. So there's a vulnerability there. And yeah, the, well, th- right.
1: I think, you know, Colm and I previewed the season, and I think we both kind of said, look, the Yankees don't look like the best team in the East, but if CC and Pineda and yeah. Tanaka and Uvalde all pitch well, they could have, and, and Nova, they could beat everybody by out-pitching them. And yeah. we felt smart that there was a, a scenario where maybe the Yankees could be good that we named and instead they've been great. And that hasn't happened at all. They've been essentially out hitting people with, yeah. You know, I, I picked the Yankees to, to
3: finish last in that division at the beginning of the year. So uh, I feel pretty dumb for that.
1: Well, I, you know, I don't know. I think that was such an up in the air division that you could have really made the case for anybody to finish first and anybody to finish last.
2: Yeah.
1: Agreed. Um, and other than the Red Sox truly tanking um, with their uh, trying to copy the Orioles, I thought, uh, but not doing it as well, which was basically get all the hitting you could get in the world and then just get a bunch of number four and five starters. And what ended up happening is they got all the hitting they could get, and they got a bunch of five and six starters accidentally. So it just didn't work out for them. But everybody else could still end up winning. I, mean, I guess I guess Tampa Bay's far enough out that they wouldn't be able to.
3: Yeah, But – yeah, but they've been better than expected too. I mean, they're almost a 500
1: team, and I think people were writing
3: them off uh, at the beginning of the season as well—the Joe but, Mad leaving effect, I guess. Right, but but I will say with with the deadline, I was there wasn't really a a team that kind of jumped up and surprised me as far as acquisitions. I was more surprised with some teams that didn't make moves. So the Padres have been talked about a lot. Yeah, I have no idea why they didn't do anything. Anything. Uh, the Cubs kind of. That's another team where I thought they could really kind of capitalize and you know, yep. make a big move to get ahead, and they didn't do anything. And I, I like this team. I think they have a good team. I'm just worried that the Cardinals and the Pirates might be better, and the Cubs yeah. might get shut out of a wild
1: card spot because. And the Cubs, they the didn't Cubs do are in the, in the second wild card spot right now, though, right?
3: Right, but I mean, the Giants are right there. They picked up Mike Leake, which, you know, Mike Leake is not my favorite pitcher, but I kind of think that is the perfect guy for them
2: right he's
3: going to pitch much better after leaving Cincinnati um you know the home runs are not going to be a big issue I mean he he just strikes me as the perfect Giants pitcher and he'll yep. probably be like a Cy Young guy down the stretch for them and then right. throughout their
1: you know inevitable playoff run right well that's the Giants and the Cardinals
0: no right? it's an odd year so we don't have to worry about the Giants this <laughs> year
1: sure. all I know is if I was a major league pitcher and I was a free agent I would take any salary to go pitch for the Cardinals or the Giants yep. cuz they turn pitchers into magic. I don't yeah. know how they do it.
3: This Cardinals thing is insane. They've lost so many guys and so many. they just continue to win games. They're somehow holding off Pittsburgh who I think might be the second best team in the in the NL right now. So yeah. they might and be now, the first they might, they might be the first best team but they just can't catch the Cardinals.
1: Right. Now they just lost, did AJ Burnett just go down. I know he got hurt. Is he out Yeah. For long cuz that would it, be
3: it looks like he's probably out for the season, but I, I oh. believe they said he's going to try and come back and pitch in September. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how likely. He's not gets. getting
0: the surgery though, right? Or he? Doesn't... I think
3: no. I think he's putting it off. Okay. From now, I'm not 100 percent on that, but mm-hmm. um, they had said that he was going to try to come back. I mean, that, that's a huge loss for them. He's been great. Great. So I will
1: say that, uh, and Cole will remember this. I advocated strongly before the Escobar move. To, for the Nats to sign Gong,
0: yes. And at you first, did. I looked dumb, but he—he he is good. great, man. He, Isn't he, he like a, a st- shortstop by trade too? He's not even he a third base. Shortstop in Korea, right? He was, right, Yeah. 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 Uh,
3: yeah there's a um, guy at Fangraphs, Dan Farnsworth. He he wrote up. Uh, he does a lot of like swing scouting. So he wrote up an article on Gong before the season, and he was just all in on this guy. And so I uh-huh. kind of read that, and I was like, okay. I'm, I'm going to buy in based on what I've seen, and like you guys were saying, it was kind of a slow start. He wasn't playing every day, but man, he he really looks like the real deal at this point. I mean, that's yeah. a that's a huge win for the Pirates' scouts and and stat community, really.
1: Yeah. Now I can't complain too much because Escobar has clearly been a good pickup for the Nats, but uh, would have liked to have you know Gong's power right now. Although Escobar did hit a home run today. Yeah,
2: so. he did. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you'll take Well, I mean,
1: you know, you'll take a healthy Rendon, too. Which, yeah, I'd like yeah, a yes. healthy sure. Rendon. I, mean, I, I advocate uh, loudly and often on Twitter and on this podcast for, <laughs> for a healthy Rendon at third and Danny Espinosa at shortstop. Um, but I don't know if I'm getting either of those things this season. So just have to enjoy what I get, whatever yeah, they give to
3: me. I, I think you're right. I mean, I don't see them doing much with Desmond, and I know that he's uh, – very highly valued within the clubhouse, so
2: he's
0: right. the
3: type of guy that it, you know. If you start benching him or taking him out of the lineup, I think a lot of the a lot of the players would be angry about that.
1: And I think even if they wouldn't, the perception of that would probably prevent a guy like Matt Williams from from taking him out. Right.
3: Yes, I I agree 100. Mm-hmm. percent
1: The question is, um, is he going to end up? I was we were talking about this earlier on the podcast. Are the Nats going to end up with the Highest ranked and lowest ranked qualified player by FWAR in the league at the end of the season. Because <laughs> uh, he's like he's bottom five, yeah, at least Gosh. in the NL. And Harper's number one by a good amount. So uh, if he doesn't pick it up, they I they think, got a chance. I think it's a scary possibility. <laughs> it may be one of the. Things I think it's
3: the
0: I first know. time ever too in the league. I'm pretty sure of that.
1: We'll have I mean, to check that out. I'm going to have to do some research on that, Colm. Yeah, I've never been a huge fan of Desmond's
3: approach, but man, I did not expect this much of a collapse right. this, this season. It just
0: doesn't match, like we say, the back of the card, like his stats do not match that player that we've seen. And, the,
1: the- right. and, and you know, we talked about this, this earlier tonight, but um, all of it was sort of foreseeable in terms of this cliff. It just was way steeper and way sooner than, than really makes sense.
3: Yeah, he he was definitely a guy I worried about as far as free agency. Um, I just kind of figured whatever team signed him was going to be massively overpaying. And now I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, if if the Nats gave him a qualifying offer, I don't know if he would accept at this point. I don't know if that's the
1: right move. Uh, I, I mean, the whole thing just confuses the heck out of me. I'm guessing the Nats won't do it for fear that he'll accept it. Because, right, that's
3: only, I mean, it's a lot of money, but it's only one year. So I'm True. almost, it's I almost not about, don't it, know if I want that. You know?
1: Yeah. But I think it's not about the the money. It's about the fact that then they would feel because of what we talked about before and in his influence on the clubhouse that they feel that right, they would right. have to play him when they have. Look, they could play Espinoza there and get much more production and better defense. They could play Trey Turner there next year, possibly, depending on you know how he looks at the end of this year and in the spring, I just don't. And then they have Escobar too. They have so much middle infield that it seems like it would just be a waste of a roster spot. So I have a feeling unless he picks it up and looks good and they, they're they sure he'll go somewhere else, they probably won't even give him one.
3: Well, I, I, I have to have, ask you guys a question because you guys are – you're in the know, you're in D.C., you're there. What's the, what's the sense with Jordan Zimmerman at this point? I mean, are the Nationals considered – you know, to be in that hunt when he becomes a free agent, or is that kind of no longer I don't uh, a think big so. thing?
1: I don't think any, I think everybody's kind of written him off. And I yeah. think there's still people going, watching him pitch and going, this is the guy they should have spent all their money on. Exactly. Um, not, and not to, not about Scherzer. I think everybody's in love with Scherzer. So it makes him, makes, makes them happy. it makes it easier to see him go because they have Scherzer, but I think there are a lot of people going like, I'd rather have Scherzer and Zimmerman than any other duo. But I think because of, um, because of the success that they've seen with Joe Ross, because they know Tanner Roark's waiting and has been good. And because of everything they hear about Giolito, I think everybody's kind of going, we get it that he has to go. Right. Um, I don't get a lot of like, gosh, you should, you should really look at signing him. And personally, I've heard one or two things out of the Nats front office, nothing definite, um, but I've, I've talked to you about this before, Colm, that make me think that they might believe there's like a useful life to an elbow after Tommy John surgery. Right. And they may be afraid to sign Zimmerman again because it means that they're going to he's going to have to sit for another tj surgery at some point. Hmm. And if that's the case, then that means they're not signing Strasburg again either. And I don't know that for sure. It's just one or two comments I've heard over the years about that. All I don't right. know if you I don't know if you've ever heard anything like that that we don't know exactly how long Tommy John's lasts, but there's a decent chance that guys get it again after right. you name it a thousand innings, 1500 innings, whatever it is.
3: Yeah, I haven't heard anything like that. I, I just always got the sense that Strasburg was was never going to re-sign um, with the Nats. Not necessarily on his part, but that they had just kind of assumed that he was going to go elsewhere. So I never really, I don't know, I never really saw that as a big long-term extension happening. Uh, with Zimmerman, you know, before the year, I thought he was definitely the safer option than Desmond, and I thought... They would probably work out something with one of those guys. I think the Scherzer thing kind of threw a wrench into that. So, yep. um, but but yeah, I mean you know Zimmerman, his some of his peripherals have gone down. He's still pitched pretty well. Um, I don't know that he'll necessarily be an overpay for whatever team signs him to probably you know 100 million plus. But like you said, there's I mean there's always that concern with with Tommy John guys and just with pitchers in general.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's still great. And if he stays healthy for the length of the contract, I think it'll be worth it. I just, I have my doubts that the Nats are making any moves towards that when they see, I mean, they look at the bullpen or the the, the, the rotation next year, and this is under the assumption that Strasburg ends the season fine. You're basically going Scherzer and Zimmerman and Strasburg, or Strasburg Scherzer and Strasburg and, and Ross and maybe Roark and Geo, unless you feel the need to trade him. And then you still have, you know, Giolito waiting. You still have a couple guys waiting. So I just don't know if that's where they're going to spend their money. But I didn't think they would sign Scherzer. So right. that right. was, you know, that was rumored way at the beginning, like in November last year. And I said, that's crazy. Why would yeah. they sign Scherzer? <laughs> but they saw, they saw an economic deal. And I think my my sort of hypothesis on that is that they saw a better deal with Scherzer this past year than they saw coming up the next year. And so they said, we're going to sign a long-term guy a year earlier than we thought we would. And it was that simple that they right. just looked at it from a long-term and they said, look, we would have signed somebody next year, but this is too good to pass up this year. So we're just going to do it a year early. Yeah, I can definitely see that.
3: And and I know I have already seen some early rumors about the Nats being in on one of these major 2015 free agent pitchers. So, there no, no names have
1: been named, but... Are that's... there any major free agent catchers out there? Cause, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's... Matt Weeters, I think. Oh. But, yeah, uh, Wieters. Yeah. It's oh, huh? you know, we see enough of him around <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> I, He's a good player, but he's got his ups and downs, and I'd be kind of... <laughs> he'll
0: be playing first base soon.
1: <laughs> he's a good defensive catcher, but I don't know how long he'll be healthy enough to right. stay there. Agreed. The Giants want to do Buster Posey for Ian Desmond right now. Fine, okay. <laughs> Just wondering. Um, all right. Well, I guess we'll leave it at that and uh, leave it up on a on a lighter note. Um, as the Nats are still winning as we speak, so we can't be too upset. Yeah. So, um, well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being on the show. Um, and uh, can you tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, on the internet, um, at your house, whatever you'd like. Sure.
3: Uh, So, as you guys said earlier, most of my work can be found at uh, the Big League Stew blog on yahoo.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, because I'm really entertaining. that's I uh, follow
1: you and I find you entertaining. Yeah,
3: that's true. I'm sorry that you follow me. But (laughs) uh, you can follow me at Chris underscore Swick. Swick is spelled C-W-I-K.
1: Well, thanks again for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, thanks for
3: having me, guys. Anytime uh, you want to do this again, I'm game. And
1: after you're not sick of being, or after you're sick of not being on podcasts for a while, and you get that urge to go on podcasts again, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> We'd be course. happy to have you again. All right. Wow, that was a great interview. That was awesome, and Colm, you pointed it out before we start recording. this sound quality,
0: month. oh, it's so great when someone when you, when you when you hit accept on their call and they just sound perfect and crispy, oh. It's I love nice. it. I love it's
1: it. It's nice. Um, no, that was good stuff. And some of the stuff we touched on a little bit. Um, but he, it's nice to get that sort of semi-outside opinion. Yes,
0: totally. So. Um, so, everyone, thank you all for listening. Remember, you can always go to thenationalsreview.com to check out all the articles there. Interact with us. We have a gear store. So if you want to pick up shirts, the popular shirt um, lately is the Scherzer's... Syrup, which could be worn tonight.
1: Although somebody told me it should be the Scherzer Scissor shirt, I was like, "That's not. <laughs> that to, is
0: not appropriate."
1: No, I mean it's kind of funny, but it's supposed to be the Hershey syrup. It, right. It's got to look like the Hershey syrup bottle.
0: <laughs> right. Um, so you should check that out. Um, you just go head to the Nat store, and there's a tab right there that says Gear, and you can order all the shirts. Um, you can also interact with us on Twitter. I'm at culmination.
1: I am at Nationals Review,
0: um, and yeah, we're on iTunes. You can subscribe to the show, or you can listen to it on the site, and leave us some comments. Uh, and uh,
2: we will see you at the park. See you at the park.